everybody, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, and welcome to NRM Streamcast. Man, I am so pumped up about today's show. We are going to have Tyler Williams on the show today, but with me, Brian Dalton, my buddy, just hanging out downstairs. You knew we were going to be on at four today, and what, you wanted to get away from the wife and four kids, or what? You're not looping me into that. Absolutely not. <laughs> I love hanging out with you. Love hanging out with you, So, but I'm not answering that question. <laughs> No, man, it's going to be so much fun. Well, when it, when, it, when I when I thought about Tyler being on the show today, I was like, man, Brian's got to come back I'm excited. and hang out. I mean, it's going to be so much fun. Last week was a great time. This week's going to be a great time. Uh, Tyler Williams, man, this guy, he's he's young. He's young. He's um, a race car driver, country music singer, and motivational speaker. I mean, I don't know if it could get any better than that. You know what I'm saying? He's a great singer, too. I watched his video. I loved it. I know. Loved I cannot it. wait to talk to him. So, hey, we have Tyler on the um we don't have them yet. Okay. Well, then yeah, I'll tell you what, Brian, you um, talk for a second. David, you're back in the studio. What I will do is um, text him to even possibly call in. All right, let's do that then. Well, I don't want some weird silence, Brian, so you say something. I'm gonna say, well, hopefully we get our, our friend Tyler in here, <laughs> and we're working with the wonders of technology. Uh, I love watching uh, Johnny D over here. Uh, sweating bullets and working his phone trying to get uh, our guest on here. Hey, David, he says that um, video shows it's on. Should I hear anything yet? Okay. So we are going to... Yep. I love technology. I know. Please. <laughs> it's not as bad as a classroom when you got 35 kids looking at you waiting to see what's supposed to be happening, but... It's going to be okay. So what have you been doing all week? Why am I What doing am I this? doing all week? I have been being the perfect husband to that wife that you are trying to get me in trouble with. <laughs> Whatever she asks, <clears throat> I do it. So So what have you been doing then? Uh, we built a pergola. Really? Yes. When you say we, you mean you? No, she, she knows she's she's a, she's in that HGTV stuff. She's she knows her stuff. Man, man. I can't get you at all. She's <laughs> like, you are really, really on in the ball here. I think I'm trying to sneak one in there. No, nope, it's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. Nope. So doing pergolas and then, you know me, playing daddy. We got all four kids at home right now. Yeah. Uh, working out, talking to you, writing, hey, I, teaching. Hey, I'll tell you what. How many um, uh, how many miles did you do on the bike today? Or didn't you? I did, no, I rode 40 yesterday. 40 miles? Yeah. All at one time? <laughs> Yeah, actually, that's time. pretty good. Well, listen, man, I got new tires on my new bike, and I'll tell you what, I I'm down to little over about a uh, four minute and fifteen second mile. That's awesome. That's not and, bad. And huh? Tires make a huge difference. Hey, oh, hey we got Tyler, to see there that. He is, the All man, right. the legend in the house, <laughs> race car driver, country singer, motivational speaker. I am so excited to have you, man. <laughs> I am so glad you. Tyler, welcome. Hey, Tyler, this is my buddy Brian. Brian, meet Tyler. Tyler, it's great to meet you. Can you Brian, tell I'm excited? Brian, thanks for having me on the show, Johnny. <laughs> Loved it. Hey, I, well, it's I don't, a good day to be excited. Hey, I, I, I right before I was watching your uh, your uh, video, I loved it. Granted, I was telling Johnny I wanted to bring my guitar and uh, write a song on the air. We'll just throw a few chords together, D, A minor, and oh, maybe you're G. You're going to put me on the spot there, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, Tyler, you know, being a country music singer, um, you, you know, race car driver, um, speaker, I got to ask, what came first? I mean, all three are super cool. But Absolutely. Which one came first? 
singing definitely came first. I mean, as soon as you can make sounds, you start testing out what you can do. And so the, the vocal stuff and, and just making random noises that turned into music <laughs> definitely is, you know, as a kid, three, four or five years old. Yeah. Running around the house screaming. That is so cool. So singing came first. And, and then at what age did you start racing? I didn't start racing until I was in high school. And actually, no the first thing I raced was mud dragsters because my uncles were into That's cool. mud That's racing. Really cool. they, they were mechanics and worked on cars all their life. And so that was the closest thing that I could get into. And so there's a big gap between starting music and racing. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And I, and I didn't get into the NASCAR world until I was 19 years old. So I, I was a late bloomer when it came to, to getting into the, the stock car world. Tyler, I know what it's like to be on stage, obviously. And Brian, you do the same thing with your teaching as well as your training. Um, what was it like for you to take the stage for the first time and go out in front of people and sing? Because, I mean, first of all, you were young, right? At, at what age right. did you get your first or did you do your first performance in front of people? So my first performance in front of people was middle school in a, in a school play. So I would have probably been about 10 or 11 years old in front of you know, your, your family and friends. But the, the first what I call real performance, I was in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. Really? And that's in front of 4,000 people. I and love so, that show. I saw it with Donny Osmond <laughs> at the Fox Theater in Detroit. Oh, you just got all excited. I did. When he said Joe, I heard Joe. I said, oh, I said, don't you're kidding me. Love that show. What a great yeah, show. So I mean, it, it, I think it's like fifth grade, 11 years old, and you don't really understand what's happening. You just know you're in it. Yeah. And again, I wasn't the featured person. I wasn't the main actor. I was part of the choir, but I was still in the show. And to have 4,000 people looking at you every night, that was a feeling that I couldn't forget. And the second year, they asked us to come back for the Atlanta production. And that's when it clicked that people do something like this for a career. And I said, that's what I want to do. Was that, kidding. was that song, Any Dream Will Do? Was that the one where the yep. children's choir comes out? <laughs> yep. All right. Well, I mean, the, I'll, the I'll start. Thing, he and I, we could talk all. I could go on just the show. All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, the, the, the coolest thing is, you know, like I said, you're 11, 12 years old. And the first number, they have us come up through the back of the stairwell. It's like secret stairwell at the Fox Theater. And we run down the aisles to kick off the whole show. So we're, we're really the instigator. You know, we're yeah. the catalyst for the beginning of the show to, to kick it off. So That's that was awesome. a lot of fun. And I, I thought this is what I want to do. Not to say musicals and Broadway style stuff, but just I wanted to perform because I love that feeling. Right, right. So, so who, what came who, next? Who knew at a house party? Well, who knew at a house party a few years later I'd be a lead singer in a band, a couple <laughs> buddies. So and was it country? No, it wasn't. It was rock music, actually. It's kind of like the <laughs> alternative. We, we were going to sing some songs by a band called Local H. Okay. And um, I got out there, and we didn't practice. We just showed up. And I'm, I'm if a anyone little... knows anything about music, that doesn't go too well, especially when you're, you're 13, 14 years old. I'm a little hurt. And, that uh, Why was the show not started with Detroit Rock City? I kiss. There I, is only, that's you know, the... we, we, uh, we were kids, man. We, we uh, didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> um, and so I forgot the lyrics to the first song. Didn't have a clue what I was doing, much less what was going to happen two or three songs later. So from that moment on, you know, I, I said, I'm not going to do that again. I'd, I'd walked off stage because I didn't know what else to do. And so you're, you're trying to impress your buddies, the girls you're crushing on. <laughs> and it was one of those moments where you would think you would just get back up and do it again, right? You, yeah. You'd go over the next time and you'd have a show. But for some reason, I made this internal decision. I'm never going to do that again because I didn't want to feel stupid and embarrassed like that. So 
from that day forward, I didn't perform in public for 10 years. Wow. Wow. That left a mark. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you know, I I have been speaking now for 23 years Mm -hmm. and I don't remember every talk that I've given, but I remember the one that I bombed. Oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. So it's, like, it's like you'll always have that. But so was that yeah. what was that one your motivator to to keep going, even if even though it took you 10 years, what who, what or who pushed you into doing that next performance? Yeah. So really, for me, I, you know, I had friends in high school. I wasn't by myself. I didn't turn into a, a loner necessarily, but I wasn't living my full potential. But I didn't really know it at the time. I was just kind of going through the motions. I was playing sports, doing the, the, the normal high school deal. And I also loved NASCAR. I just didn't know how to get into it. So like I said, I started doing some mud drag racing. That was just fun. And then graduating high school, I got into the NASCAR weekly series running a pro late model. And that didn't fully get me to the point where I was ready to jump on a stage. But because you're doing interviews, you're, you're talking to people, you're having to be a forward face of a, of a brand, a company, it forced me to start growing my confidence again and so that helped me bridge the gap to okay i love racing and i actually really enjoy the media side of it as well you know i wasn't good at it but i I knew that uh, it brought back some that feeling of performing again and so i didn't really start doing music again until uh, i went through a breakup and you know just after college and a buddy of mine was like you need to get out of the house You're, you're kind of you're being a, a bum, you know, you got to get over yourself. <laughs> and so he took me out. I was like, Hey man, we're going to get some wings. And it just happened to be a karaoke night. And again, I hadn't performed in public in 10 years. And so he was like, you got to get on stage. I know you can sing. This is going to be fun. And it took a, a few Jack and Cokes to, to get me up on stage. <laughs> uh, but I eventually got up on stage and it was one of those moments where you realize that, you know, for 10 years, this is what I've been missing. Yeah. Being in front of an audience, singing songs, even if it wasn't my own song. It was just, it was fun to be in front of people. So it, it awakened a, a journey of what's been now another 10 years since that moment of playing music, starting with um, open mic nights, going to full cover band acoustic shows, to full band shows, to writing my own material and moving to Nashville and, and chasing the dream. Tyler, what was your biggest lesson that you took away from those 10 years? You know, I mean, you did some things, you learned some things. What was the biggest lesson you learned during that time? I mean, looking back, I wouldn't change anything because everything I've experienced is what I needed to become who I am today. But I wish somebody would have come alongside me and put their arm around me and said, hey, you messed up that one performance, but that's just one performance. Nobody cares. You're going to get back up tomorrow and you're going to do it again. And you're going to be better the next time because you're going to practice. You're going to put in the work. And so what I realized is what seems like a massive failure in life at the time was just one little moment, but I let it define a full decade of my life. And I can look back in high school and see how that reflected and how I showed up with friends, you know, going out on dates or not going out on dates because you're, you're afraid. And so uh, I wish I would have um, taken more initiative to, to be willing to encounter failure, to take risk and to experience more life. Because I think I would have had a lot more fun than I even, you know, I had fun. But I would think I would have had more fun and been more engaged. And so just to show up and take a risk, play big. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah, that's good. No, my my wife, the much smarter uh, person in our relationship, (laughs) she, I wish I, you know, hindsight's always 20-20. But what you had said reminded me, she told me, 
I don't remember what it was, if it was a race or something I screwed up on, but she said that um, people don't think about me as much as I think they are thinking about me. Yeah. Right. And, but knowing that as a teenager, good luck with that. But, you know, <laughs> right. just, it's something good to know going forward is that I'm, I'm not really that important. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I just do, you just do the best you can right. do. You had right. mentioned, I got to get this before I, I forget, you had mentioned that when you started, you know, you got back on the horse, you started writing music and so forth. You know, being a musician as well, I got to know, when you're writing, do the lyrics come first for you or does the melody come first or you just start playing around with chords until you hear something that just kind of, you know, goes, you know, that sounds pretty dang good. So for me, I don't play any instrument well enough to kick off a song Okay. just using an instrument. And so what I do typically, especially the Nashville system, is such a great environment for writers because you can bring different elements to the table. And yeah. so typically I'll bring ideas. You know, maybe it may be a, a lyric, it may be a hook, it may be just a full story idea. Oh, okay. And then I'll bring that to the table. And usually I'm working with someone who's really good with melody and they'll get on the piano or get a guitar going. Yeah. And That's we'll start awesome. playing around some ideas, and then there's another person or two usually in the room who are really strong at kicking off some some early lyrics. And then together, as a system, you know, I don't think I would be a great writer by myself hmm. because I, I can't play an instrument well enough to to dive into a song. And so uh, I love Nashville up here, being able to collaborate with with some amazing songwriters. And whether they're new to town or they've been in town for a long time, it's a place where you can really test uh, your ability and, and see what you have. And well, where you can grow and learn and be better. That seems to be where the talent's gone. It's it's the L.A. of our high school years. Los Angeles has become Nashville. Yeah, Nashville, absolutely. So what have you been doing? I, I have to ask. What have you been doing since the whole COVID? You you haven't been racing because you couldn't. Right. You you can't play anywhere because you can't be in front of anybody, and you definitely can't speak anywhere because. Like I lost two hundred and fifty seven days of gigs this year. So what have you right. been doing with your time for the last four months <laughs> yeah so a lot of my deals for racing had fallen through as soon as it, so i had some big plans i was going to do a lot of usac midget racing and, and get out there and, and try to get the national circuit and that fell through um so no racing on the the table right now we're, we're going to hopefully hit some shows at the end of the year and and push into to 2021 so we're, we're planning for next year already and what's going to happen there yeah. And then the music as well, you know, if COVID had not hit, I was going to already have about three singles released this year. Nice. And so, you know, March through April pretty much shut down the production side. You know, we were, we were renting out a, a house for a week and we were going to go write basically my next project. And, and that got shut down due to travel restrictions at the time. And so everything's been pushed back. I'm, I'm hopeful we'll get maybe one single out this fall, October, November. And even that's up in the air, you know, at this point, I'm just saying, Hey, let's, let's look at like everything that we want to do this year is going to be pushed back in the next year. And, and so it's, it's been frustrating. It's been tough. Um, yeah. you know, not just having, you know, my, my dream, my goal is to be the next Marty Robbins. I know. And Talk a little bit about that. I mean, yeah, let, so, listen, when, when I read that, I got so, so excited that I li literally listened to his music for like 30 minutes. And I was so <laughs> excited. I mean, he was, he was just so, um, I mean, what a great storyteller. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, I didn't really know his story, but as I was racing late models, so I ran late models from 19 to 23 years old. And the only reason I stopped racing is because I didn't have the funding to keep going. You know, I tested a, a K&N car what's now the ARCA cars mm -hmm. at Hickory and had chances to, to move up to either go K&N racing or ARCA racing. And, 
just couldn't get the funding. And so I was really jaded and feeling bummed out, but I had this feeling, this gut feeling that, man, if I paired music with it, that might be an angle of sponsorship or creating partnerships that no one else has done. Well, that was before I'd had that karaoke moment, so I wasn't really confident <laughs> in my singing. And so it took writing a, the book that I wrote, I Have a Voice, and putting out music to jumpstart this idea that, wait a minute, you could do both. And then as I started looking into the history of the sport, you really learn the, the story of Marty Robbins and this guy who, you know, he's most well-known for being a country artist Yep. in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s. And he passed away in the early 80s, but he ran about 30-something Cup Series races over those two and a half or so decades. And nobody's done it since. You know, the, the Cup guys did a compilation album of back in, I think, the 80s and 90s. Kyle Petty's dabbled yeah, in music Kyle and he still Petty, goes yep, out yep. and plays some shows. But no one since Marty Robbins that I'm aware of has been a Cup Series or Xfinity or even a Truck Series driver. And so at this point, you know, I'm looking at, hey, let's just see if we can get to the Truck Series and get on country radio and be the next Marty Robbins. One, because, you know, I'm, I'm 36 years old and everybody says, well, you got to be 21 years old to make it in NASCAR these days. You got to be a young gun. And there's truth to that. But there's no reason that someone my age can't be competitive. You see that with all the guys up there in the Cup Series and, and even a Matt Crafton in the Truck Series right yep. now. He still runs really well and is performing. And so I'm a believer that with the right songs, with the right partners on the music side and the right partners on the, the NASCAR side, that within a year or two, we can get over to the, the truck side and, and make some waves and, and create some conversations that really just don't happen because nobody's doing music and racing. I love that. I mean, and, and you even think about Ron Hornaday. I mean, Ron Hornaday was in his right. 50s when, you know, yeah. when he stopped racing. But, you know, I, right. I, I love Brian when he says that I'm getting older and he's only 36 years old. The guy <laughs> lo looks like he's still in his 20s. You know what I mean? So. Well, hey, I've, I've got that going for me, right? There you That's go. right. There you go. So let me ask you this. I mean, because I know people are watching right now and, and you talked a little bit about your struggles with the music. Did you have any struggles when you first started racing, like, you know, wrecking the car or, or anything like that, that, you know, because people... We know where you're at now, but people don't realize the struggles that you had in the beginning. Right. Yeah. So the the first thing I ever did in racing, you know, I, I did the mud drag racing stuff. No comparison. There's nothing similar to the experience at all. And so the only thing I'd done, I'd done the Richard Petty driving school, turned some laps there. I was like, oh, this is fun. You know, that's cool. <laughs> I had done the um, the fast track racing school that Andy Hillenberg was running at the time. Yep. And at least there, they pulled the pace car off, and you got to go out and run by yourself. And, and again, you're never anywhere near the speed of what the cup guys are, but it was still a, a thrill, right? It was an experience. Mm -hmm. And then I, I tested a car down at DeSoto Super Speedway, which now the guy who I think is Cletus McFarlane on YouTube, he bought that track and has made it some little fantasy factory he's got going on down there. But um, had turn laps in a car, but that was it. So my first race, you know, it, it makes you wonder how things happen or why things play out the way they do. But I had been subscribing to Circle Track and Stock Car Magazine. And I just happened to be reading one of them one day. And I look at this little box and the, you know, like a quarter page ad. And it was for Corner Maker Chassis. And a, a guy named Jimmy Garman was the shop manager. And that chassis shop just happened to be about 20 minutes from home. So I'm dumb enough at 19 years old to pick up the phone and say, hey man, do you have any race cars for sale? <laughs> and 
not starting in a legend car or a sportsman or, or a lower division. I just jump into a pro late model to start with, you know, going wow. up against drivers that have, you know, 15, 20 years of experience, <laughs> you know, the, the rookie of the year, I think was leading the points when he pulled up to the track and we parked next to him and his dad steps out and goes, Hey man, how's it going? You know, just introducing himself, being a nice guy. And he gives me this look like, okay, I don't know who you are. <laughs> and he starts asking all these questions. And so he's like, Oh, where, where you been running? Well, this is my first time out here. And so I think he's thinking this is my first time in the car. And so he goes, Oh, what have you been running before this? And I was like, Oh, nothing. Like I've, I've never raced before. <laughs> and you can just see his eyes, you know, they, they get the big expression. like This kid is going to get out here. My son's leading the points. I just pray to God he doesn't put us in the wall. And so that was my first race. Um, we ended up tearing the car up in our fourth race. We got spun out <laughs> and somebody T-boned me and it, it almost junked the car. We thought we were going to have to put a, a clip on the rear and, and luckily we were able to salvage it. But, you know, it, it was a lot of tough days. You know, you go into it thinking this is going to be easy, that this, you know, yeah. I could be the next Jeff Gordon, right? Like I really felt like I had something to, to offer there. And, you know, it took probably 15 races to where I could actually feel like I was racing. How did your mom and dad what feel? Was required. What I, I just my dad's I, risk averse. Um, <laughs> he, you know, he he's a business guy. He's a dentist, and he loves business. And so, if it's a business risk, he's willing to do it. When it came to racing, he was never really into it. You know, cars are not his thing. Um, but he supported it. My mom yeah. loved it because, again, you know, my dad kind of grew up white collar world. My mom blue collar world. You know, her dad was a mechanic. Her brothers were mechanics. And so I. I spent most of my time with my mom's family growing up. And so it was natural for me to be around cars. You know, she'll tell stories about how her and her brothers would go out and she'd be watching them drag race back in the, what, uh, maybe the seventies, you know, and, uh, some of the, the cars that they had growing up when you didn't really get in trouble if you were caught, you know, just, Hey, go home, stop doing this kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and so she, she enjoyed it, but it, it took, you know, 15 races to get comfortable to where I felt like I was racing. And then it took another 10 or 20 to where we were competitive. And then from there, the last two years, we were second and third in points at our local track and awesome. had a lot of fun. That's and awesome. Like I said, we were ready to move up and start doing some traveling and just the budget. You know how it is racing. Anyone who's raced knows the cost factor goes up. That's right. It's business. You just couldn't, couldn't cut it. Yeah. It is business. Yeah. Tyler, you had uh, mentioned, I was interested earlier, and you've mentioned it or alluded to it both with music and your and the driving side of your life as well. Um, it seems really important to you uh, to have a good team around you. Do you really like the process of working with other people around you? You know, talking about writing the song and how you got the team there or the, having the right people around you on the driving side. What's the importance to you of having those right people? What is, how does that benefit you? I mean, look, you can only go so far on your own. You know, I'm a massive dreamer. I have ambitious dreams and I can go so far but then when you look at the ecosystem, what it takes to compete at any level, whether that's competing to find that slot on country radio or compete on the racetrack, it takes a lot of people and a lot of effort to mm -hmm. get to those places. And so it, it, none of it happens without a team. And that's where we're, we're putting together the right pieces that, you know, finding the people who believe in racing and music as a story together and won't try to separate that vision. Yeah. Somebody who believes in that dream and will, We'll support that dream with me so that we can go chase that together and so we're, we've been putting that together and you know, like i said this year was going to be a big year 
and a lot didn't work out just like everybody else thought this year was going to be a big year. It was going to be my best year. (laughs) You know, we're we're really looking at maximizing what's left of the year and then pushing into next year. And, you know, you you can't do this without a team. I mean, you look at any country music superstar, they've got a huge team around them from, you know, management team to their legal team, to their PR and marketing, um, the, the writing side of it with their publishers and then the race teams. I mean, it, these are massive organizations and, and talented people who help the superstar, if you, know, you want to call it that, accomplish the things they do. Tyler, we are literally down to just about 20 seconds. Do you mind staying on with us? We're going to go to commercial break, come back, and we got a bunch more to talk about to get to know you a little bit more. Do you mind? No, let's do it. I love it. Awesome. Great. Uh, Good. Hey, listen, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. We will be back for episode number two with Tyler Williams and Mr. Brian Dalton in the house. I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. You can check me out at motivationalcowboy.com. There you can see all my social media. And we want you to check out all of our episodes here on nrmstreamcast.com. Search Motivational Cowboy for the last 30 different episodes. Again, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, telling you, be safe, have fun, and have yourselves an outstanding day.